Welcome to Talking Flutes. I'm Claire Southworth. I found my mind drifting over the holidays whilst I was finishing my annual jigsaw puzzle. All our guests had left and I was on my own, but enjoying the solitude. I found myself reminiscing about my early student and professional days, where a large portion of my time was in solitude, practicing. Music can be a solitary occupation, whether as a performer or a teacher, and it can be difficult to keep the motivation and focus on working towards personal goals. Instrumental teaching can also, surprisingly, be a lonely occupation. You could be a private music teacher, seeing most of your students after school, in the evening and at weekends, which certainly curtails the social life as you're always working when the rest of the locals are free. As I'm an oldie, when I first started work, there were no mobiles, computers, social media, Skype. Sometimes the only people you talked to were your students, or in my case, the cats. I had two, Henry and George, mostly well behaved unless any students played too high, then there'd be trouble. The other difficulty in teaching is that there is no recognised career development. My teaching started with private students, then a local school, the junior school at the Royal Northern College of Music, and then a post-teaching at Lancaster University. Eventually, I moved on to the main college at the Royal Northern and other teaching at Chetham School of Music. That was a progression, helped, of course, by my association with the Royal Northern College of Music. But there was no career advice, no mentoring to help me, no yearly appraisals, no soundboard, no guidance on fee structure or contracts. Each teacher seemed to be left to their own paths, which can add to the pressure of work, as I said a few minutes ago, a lonely path at that. So as we gently settle into a new year, I thought it would be appropriate to talk to teachers a bit more specifically, because in today's world, it is possible to reach out and communicate far more easily than it was 30 years ago. Instrumental music teachers need a personal development plan, a plan that gives each of you the confidence that not only are you doing a great job, but that you are able to develop that job year after year, increasing personal job satisfaction and setting out targets or goals to help push the motivation. There are two professional development courses in the UK, but they are very expensive and time consuming. I think that this Talking Flutes podcast can be a wonderful resource to hopefully inspire teachers and maybe give you some new ideas to incorporate into your regular flute teaching. I'd love for you teachers listening to also get involved. Tell us about your work, your ideas. Let's share our thoughts about teaching and develop this subject. This is a chance to create a bond between all of us so that no one feels that they are working on their own without support or ideas to inject new life into daily teaching. Our email is flutepodcasts at gmail.com or you can message us on our social media sites. For Facebook, we have our own designated Talking Flutes page and for Twitter and Instagram, you can find us by the handles at flute or at Claire Flute. There are so many areas that we can talk about. Setting up a teaching practice, starting off beginners, choosing repertoire, the initial learning process, teacher-student communication, lesson plans, practice plans. 
how to assess your students, establishing correct techniques, motivating your students, selecting a balanced programme of pieces and exercises, learning to adapt to each individual student, when to introduce exams or concerts, specific techniques such as tone development, finger technique and articulation. The list is endless, but the important point I'm trying to make is that this could be a forum for sharing ideas to help us all. I remember when I was first offered a job at the junior school of the Royal Northern College of Music. I was only a few years older than many of my students, as I was a student myself in my second year of study. I had a moment of panic because although I had already done some private teaching, I had no curriculum or plan. So I spent a few days writing out my ideas about flute techniques, posture, embouchure, breathing, tone production, hand positions, etc. And then I wrote down how I would teach all these techniques. I found this activity to be incredibly useful because when writing down your thoughts, you have to be specific. I was trying to work out a process in which I could easily explain to my new students how to learn. Many things I did instinctively, so this process required a great deal of careful thought. I love the method of thinking and pondering about how to teach, how to communicate, and the result was that I felt much calmer and more confident of doing a good job. Just to kick us off then, an idea for all you teachers to try. Write down your general aims and what you're trying to achieve. Do this for an academic year, a term and a weekly aim. None of this is inflexible, it's just a guide. Create a basic lesson plan, which of course will be totally flexible. If you've never made a lesson plan before, do try it because it can be immensely constructive in your teaching and your students will positively respond to a clear routine. So a lesson plan, it can be very basic. A quick chat about how your student's week was, talking through the plan for the lesson, listening to what was practiced based on the previous lesson, introduction of new material, maybe a duet with backing tracks to introduce different genres of music, clear instruction about what you're expecting for the next lesson. Make notes about your best teaching success and your worst. Write down what you may have done differently for those lessons that didn't work out. And now to finish off today, some food for thought. I have in front of me a page from Mrs. Kerwin's Pianoforte Method, written in 1886, called Food for Thought. There are 12 points she makes, and here they are. Teach the easy before the difficult. Teach the thing before the sign. Teach one fact at a time and the commonest fact first. Leave out all exceptions and anomalies until the general rule is understood. In training the mind, teach the concrete before the abstract. In developing physical skill, teach the elemental before the compound and do one thing at a time. Proceed from the known to the related unknown. Let each lesson, as far as possible, rise out of that which goes before and lead up to that which follows. Scheme of work. Call in the understanding to help the skill at every step. Let the first impression be a correct one, 
leave no room for misunderstanding. Never tell a pupil anything that you can help him discover for himself. Let the pupil, as soon as possible, derive some pleasure from his knowledge. Interest can only be kept up by a sense of growth in independent power. So that's the 12 points. Incredibly, we are now 130 years later and all these points are as applicable to our teaching practices today as they were all those years ago. I hope I've given you some food for thought. Let's try and develop this idea of collaboration between all of us teachers and collate a portfolio of teaching ideas to help us all. Until the next time, happy teaching and happy playing, and bye for now. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.